please join in our entrance hymn number 851, When Is He Coming? When is he coming? When, oh, when is he coming? The Redeemer. When will we see him? When, oh, when will we see him? The Redeemer. Come, oh, come from your kingdom up there, from your kingdom up there above. Come, oh, come to your people on earth, to your people on earth, bring love, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Long years awaiting many In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today the Church celebrates the fourth Sunday of Advent. And of course uh, these days take us uh, very near the Feast of Christmas itself. So to prepare ourselves for this Mass and for the coming Feast itself, we once again ask, forgiveness for our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. 
And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, your Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. A reading from the prophet Micah. The Lord says this, You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, the least of the clans of Judah, out of you will be born for me the one who is to rule over Israel. His origin goes back to the distant past, to the days of old. The Lord is therefore going to abandon them till the time when she who is to give birth gives birth. Then the remnant of his brothers will come back to the sons of Israel. He will stand and feed his flock with the power of the Lord, with the majesty of the name of his God. They will live secure, for from them on he will extend his power to the ends of the land. He himself will be peace. The word of the Lord. Bring us back our Lord and we'll be saved. Bring us back our Lord and we'll be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hear us. Shine forth from your cherubim throne. O Lord, rouse up your might. O Lord, come to Turn again, we implore. Look down from heaven and see. Visit this vine and protect it. The vine your right hand has planted. Bring us back, O Lord, and we'll be saved. May your hand be on the one you've chosen. Given your strength, and we shall never forsake you again. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Bring us back, O Lord, and we'll be saved. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. This is what Christ said on coming into the world. You who wanted no sacrifice or oblation prepared a body for me. You took no pleasure in holocausts or sacrifices for sin. Then I said, 
just as I was commanded to this in the scroll of the book. God, here I am. I am coming to obey your will. Notice he first says, You did not want what the law lays down as the things to be offered, that is, the sacrifices, the oblations, the holocaust, and the sacrifices for sin. And you took no pleasure in them. And then he says, Here I am. I am coming to obey your will. He is abolishing the first sort to replace it with the second. And this will for us and this will was for us to be made holy by the offering of his body made once and for all by Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women, you are the most blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. I had a grandmother who was quite formidable. We were rather afraid of her as youngsters and we were told to be on our best behaviour when we were visiting her. Later on, when I was an adult myself, I learned that her own children were just as afraid of her as well. Although we were in awe of her, we rather liked visiting her because very often she would say these very strange Scottish words and, of course, we would wait as children for that moment in which she would say them and of course we would burst out laughing and we would usually get a scowl from both our mother and from our grandmother they weren't quite sure what we were laughing at 
I had a man also with a kind of nervous disposition, and one of the things I always noticed about her when she came to visit us was that she always liked ascot powders and Beecham's powders. Um, if you know that kind of routine, she used to put milk in her spoon and put the Beecham's powder in or whatever it was and let it dissolve and then knock it back. I always kind of thought as a youngster that couldn't be quite right uh, to be doing that all the time. I had another aunt who was the kind of uh, aunt who always used to brag about her children. Um, she would always tell my mother about all the good things that her children were doing, the degrees that they got, the new job that they got, the career that they had. Uh, whenever a kind of gap in the conversation would come, sure enough, she would brag about her children. Also had an uncle who liked, if I can put it this way, a kind of refreshment. Always on social occasions, he would be assured to take too much. He would first uh, be the person to sing, and of course he'd be the first person to make a joke, and of course he'd be the first person to cause a row. It never really seemed to bother him too much, uh, having said that. My paternal uh, grandparents, uh, we never really knew too much. Uh, my father had died when I was quite young, and I, I kind of think there was a kind of row that had taken place at some stage. Uh, for whatever reason, we never really saw them too much. But one of the things that they, they, they did by way of work was that they were hawkers. And if you know what hawkers are, those are people who sell things. Well, I think kind of they were kind of well off at the end of the day, although we didn't see too much of that money. But when the time came for them to die, uh, uh, we found out that they had kind of bank books, uh, but the only problem was that the bank books were in all sorts of different names, obviously to avoid the tax man. But if there ever was a kind of parable about wealth itself and the accumulation of wealth and, and gathering in of wealth, then that's a great story itself, because at the end of the day, the wealth itself never mattered a jot. That's some of my family, if you like. A kind of motley crew, and, and, and maybe uh, on another occasion I'll tell you about some of the other ones. Today we're introduced not to my family, but you're introduced to the members of the family of Jesus, to his mother and to his mother's cousin. We get then to know something about his mother's cousin, Elizabeth. She appears in the New Testament as an elderly woman, perhaps, and perhaps also past childbearing age. She seems, as the New Testament tells us, to be a despondent woman because she is not able to have a child. But what we will hear is that she is like many of the Old Testament women themselves who miraculously give birth to a child that is meant to turn the hearts uh, of men and women to God. We know also about this woman that she, strangely enough, is like the prophets of the Old Testament too. For from her lips she speaks a word, not her own word, announces a moment, says how things are to be, and it's a word that is greater than many of the Old Testament prophets. For namely, before her comes a woman whom she identifies for us as blessed, and the child in her womb 
as blessed too. And likewise, this woman, Mary, who, who we hear also in this passage today at Mass, is the mother of Jesus uh, herself. And although young, she turns out also to have a prophetic voice too. Very few of her words are recorded in the New Testament, but she is a towering presence. Nothing can happen in this story without her saying yes. Nothing can come to pass unless she gives her permission. And she prophesies that this moment, these moments that she is involved in, that the uh, rich will be thrown uh, off their thrones, the lowly will be raised, and the promise of Abraham will be fulfilled, and every generation will call her blessed. Her word, like those great Old Testament prophets, becomes a great prophecy, a great word of how things will come to pass, how things will be. The New Testament is is strangely rather silent about these uh, women themselves, and yet these women are towering presences. These women are just like the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, yet humanly there is a mysterious silence that surrounds them. And that silence itself allows us a rich speculation on their part. They are not bit parts. They are not walk-on players and walk-off players in this story. Their part in how Christ comes to be born and their care and attention of him, their guidance, their spirituality and their prayer for the child Jesus is immense. We know, don't we, that family life comes to shape the person that we are, for good or ill. Our grandparents, our mothers and fathers, our aunts and our cousins very often shape the person that we turn out to be in life. And so it must be with Jesus himself and his close relatives too. What we know is that the Son of God comes on earth and enters into creation and obeys the laws of creation. And one of the laws of creation are those fundamental relationships that we have in family life. But we realise that there must be something special about this family that he belongs to, for how could it be otherwise to have Joseph and Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah and John the Baptist and others unknown to us? Uh, How could it be otherwise that these are not special people. How rich their religious life must have been. How rich their relationships with each other must have been too. And the tenderness and love that belonged to that family must have been extraordinary. When we look at our own family life, sometimes we kind of think it's a wee bit of a dog's breakfast. People not talking. Jealousies illness, deceptions, people behaving strangely and out of character. But the thing that we realise is that it is our own family life and it's exactly the place where our life very often takes place and unfolds. And in that place, which is our own family, our salvation very often is worked out and resolved in those relationships 
in those difficult moments in the unfolding of our life that salvation is worked out for us there's no not some oasis that is in the future for family life there's not some place where we are protected or guarded from the travails of life that's not what's coming up in the future but the place of our own family life very often is where life itself is worked out and where our salvation itself takes place in the here and now in the messiness of life in the hurly-burly of life and the day itself where God himself is very often present is in those relationships of family life God himself comes into the world into a human family like our own and blesses every human family and makes it a special place in which love and tenderness and care itself unfolds. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things are made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. With the coming feast of Christmas, we ask God to give us the gifts of peace and contentment and the strength to to meet the demands of each day. For all families at Christmas time, that they may be close to one another and forgive each other for past faults and misunderstandings. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For the countries of the Middle East that have known much trouble and strife over the last few years, for a time of peace and harmony. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For a sensitivity to people who have little at this time of year, especially the homeless and those who don't have a permanent home to call their own, that a spirit of charity and concern may mark their lives, may mark our lives. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For the children in this area, that they may gather up happy memories from the celebration of Christmas this year 
that will be remembered for the rest of their lives. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. For those who are sick and unwell at this time of year, that the presence of the Christ child in the Christmas story may be a light in the darkness for the times. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. <coughs> for all who have died, Charles Doherty and John McLaughlin, and for all whom we are asked to pray for. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious. Almighty God, we ask that you warm our hearts by the celebration of this coming feast. Rekindle in us the gift of divine life that you have given to us through baptism. And help us to follow that light that you have given us into the darkness of the world to help us walk in the right and true path through life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Join in hymn number 503, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. 
with your brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Holy Spirit, O Lord, sanctify these gifts laid upon your altar, just as he filled with his power the womb of the Blessed Virgin, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For all the oracles of the prophets foretold him, the Virgin Mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. And John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that we already rejoice at the mystery of his nativity, so that he may find us watchful in prayer, exultant in praise. And so with the angels and archangels, with the thrones and dominions, with the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness, make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith We proclaim your death, O Lord, and 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with great confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. And now let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy. God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word that I so shall be.
Please join in hymn number 743, Word Made Flesh.
Let us pray. Having received this pledge of eternal redemption, we pray, Almighty God, that as the feast day of our salvation draws nearer, so we may press forward all the more eagerly to the worthy celebration of the mystery of your Son's nativity, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Maybe I can just remind you that the Christmas Day Masses are at 10 and 12 in the morning and 7 on the Christmas Eve, there's no midnight Mass here, so uh, Vigil Mass at 7 o'clock in the evening of Christmas Eve. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 216, Come O Divine Messiah. <laughs>